It's that time. Time again for the Go Y.O. Go podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And I'm joined by Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go Y.O. Go. And ladies and gentlemen, here is your publisher, Ian McMacken. All right, all right. Well, Ian, that was a great, great welcome by our studio audience here in my little little studio here in Virginia. What do you think about that, huh? Looks like our fan support is growing day by day. Yeah, it is. It's getting pretty good. And uh, this being only the third Go Io Go broadcast, or a podcast, excuse me. So uh, we're uh, moving quite along uh come a long ways, I think. Uh, so we've got quite a show today. Uh, we got a lot of things going on. I just made a list here. We're going to look at fall camp with it winding down, you know, and some of the observations from uh, Coach Bowl and some other news. i am got an interview with uh, Coach Steinert, the uh, defensive coordinator. He's going to talk about how things are going uh, on his side of the ball. Uh, I've got an interview with Brian Hill. And uh, let me tell you, that man's ready to go, so uh, we're going to talk to him. And then we're going to talk about uh, this little controversy that's been on the board here lately about the commitments. Uh, Let's discuss that a little bit and see what's going on, and then uh, we'll follow that right away with a recruiting report with Tom Laycock. And then uh, we're going to end up with a conversation with Jim Anest. He's with Cowboys in Colorado. You know, they're going to have a meeting coming up uh, tomorrow that'll be saturday and uh, he'll talk all about that organization it was pretty interesting uh, how it got started so anyway uh, as we said uh, we're looking at the last week of fall camp getting in ready for the preparations for uh, northern illinois next week how do you think the fall camp went well i think it's uh it seems to be steady it seems to be moving forward um coach bowl uh an indication that he likes the progress that's being made. Certainly not everything's perfect yet, and we really won't know a whole lot until we see this team hit the field in the first game against Illinois. As the season progresses, I get a better feel for this team. Just my general sense is I'm expecting a improved, much improved team out on the field, um, a little bit more mature football team, a bigger football team, and how that translates into wins going to be hard to predict at this point. We might have a better idea after the first month of the season where the, the whole process is heading. But overall, I, I'm expecting a, a more, much more competitive uh, football team this year. We're going to need it because the first two opponents, for sure, are really tough. We've got Northern Illinois, which uh, is a very good football team. They've been very good over the last few years. And, of course, there's the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So the first two games, we're going to really find out about the Cowboys, I think. Yeah, Northern Illinois is a very uh, good opening opponent. Um, they played in the Orange Bowl about three years ago. Uh, they've been among the best uh, teams in the MAC conference, one of the better teams outside the Power Five League. Um, and they do have some talent, and they're definitely going to be in a couple notches upgrade from some of the opponents we played in the last couple years, like North Dakota, um, even Eastern Michigan, some of those teams. And that's going to be a challenging first game for the Cowboys, but 
you got a nationally tight, nationally televised game on uh, Saturday night, 8:30. Um, should really help the atmosphere of the stadium, and uh, should be an exciting way to start the season for sure. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be on CBS Sports, I believe. So um, I'll be able to catch it out here on the East Coast. Of course, it's going to be starting like 10:30 or something, so I'll have to get my beauty rest beforehand because <laughs> it's going to be a late yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's a late start, especially when you're out on the East Coast. And uh, people like myself and many of the fans are going to be in Laramie. It's going to be a late night for us, too. But I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, day in Laramie, you know, leading up to the football game, the actual football game, and all the activities that surround opening day weekend. Well, you know, I was uh, looking on the board and looking at some of the uh, news articles, and uh, apparently we've had a couple of veterans come back. Uh, they were... Uh, and had soft tissue injuries. Uh, let's see, was it um, Gentry came back, right, for well, practice? Well, uh, Tanner Gentry right. uh, was one. Robert Priester was the oh, other one. That was it. Jake Mulhart uh, was another one that had the hamstring uh, situation. Um, and I believe that uh, Andrew Wingard also had hamstring, but he is appears to be close to coming back. Well, that's good. That's good news. Gives us some weeks to get ready, and uh, so that's good to get those back in. Um, now they haven't been using Brian Hill much. Uh, he had—I don't think he had injury issues. They've just been kind of holding him back and trying to keep the wear and tear off of him for the season. Uh, he and I talked about that a little bit in our interview. So uh, there's that. And then um, the other news is, uh, if I've got this correct, the walk-ons came on now. Uh, this week? Is that true? Or are they coming on? Yeah, I believe uh, there was a set of walk-ons that had already been uh, on during the fall camp participating. And then there are additional uh, walk-ons that were report on the week of uh, school and school starts. They come and actually report, and they can also uh, practice. Right now, it doesn't appear to be a lot of these walk-ons that are going to make an impact on this football season, but perhaps down the road, the ones that work hard and have the makeup could be contributors down the road. Well, we can always hope so. I mean, you know, there's there's been a lot of cases where uh, walk-ons have come on and contributed on other teams, and you always read those stories. So hopefully uh, we've got a diamond in the rough uh, among the walk-ons. Uh, that would be really nice. Um, also, looking at the list here... Um, we're going to start on Monday. I guess classes begin, and then they're going to start installing the game plan uh, in earnest for Northern Illinois. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch next week to see how that's going. Uh, yeah, next week is the full uh, first full uh, game week, uh, which is exciting. Um, that's when they really begin the preparation uh, for their upcoming opponent. But also, I think they've done a little bit of work on Northern Illinois this week, installing some uh, sets and schemes for the Northern Illinois game. And this has continued to kind of grow on that as they go into next week. Well, uh, one other feature, and this uh, involves the podcast, um, uh, Coach Bowl is going to have his Monday morning um, press conference, which he starts during the year. And uh, we're going to be able to record that here at the podcast, and we'll be uh, using some outtakes in the next podcast. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. We'll get a, get some real uh, good news or get uh, up-to-date news from um, Coach Bowl on that. So uh, we'll, uh, look forward to that. And um, 
So, yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I tell you what, uh, I got a chance to uh, talk to uh, Coach Stannard uh, yesterday, and uh, we talked about the um, we talked about the defense, and we started from the line and went all the way back to the secretary. So, secondary. So, uh, why don't we listen to that? All right. Well, go Iowa, go fans. We've got a uh, special guest with us. Uh, defensive coordinator Steve Stannard is with us today. Uh, Coach, uh, welcome to Go Iowa, Go podcast. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on. Well, we appreciate you taking time out from a busy schedule here as you get ready for the fall camp. And uh, I'd like to have you on today because we'd kind of like to do a real quick review of uh, where we're at on the defense and uh, any developments that are going on. Uh, just basically, let's just come right out and say, how's it going for for you this fall camp? Well, you know, knock on wood, uh, you know, we've been able to stay uh, pretty healthy, you know, uh, through this camp, and that's always your number one concern. But, you know, as we continue to work against our offense, you know, we've started moving into game preparation for Northern Illinois and, uh, you know, breaking up into scout teams. And, and today was one of the uh, first days of doing that, and I thought, uh, both the scouts and the defense uh, did a good job. Well, good. So you're already starting to look at the Huskies. Uh, I guess we're not that far away, are we? No, no, it is. It's right around the corner. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, let's kind of go. Let's kind of go from the front to the back, as I look at it. Um, how are things on the line now? Are you uh, pretty well settled there? Yeah, you know, I, think, uh, I want to take my hat off to those guys. They really apply themselves in the offseason. You know, we. We're bigger, stronger. Uh, we're starting to look like defensive linemen and play like defensive linemen. And I think it's going to be a much improved uh, front four. Uh, anybody in particular you'd want to point out? Well, you know, Connor Kane has, has really done a great job uh, getting bigger and stronger. Uh, Johanna is doing a nice job with the 3D technique. You know, Chase Appleby is, uh, you know, healthy, and he sure has – a lot of suddenness and quickness in there. And then Carl Granderson, you know, he's put on 60 pounds since he's been here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a force to, to be reckoned with out there at defensive end now that he's 240. Yeah, uh, I'd talk to him, and uh, he doesn't feel like he's lost a step. He feels stronger. So uh, that's really uh, very hopeful for us. No, no doubt. You know, last year, you know, he was 195, 200 pounds, athletic, you know, run around blocks. And uh, uses athleticism. Now he's a guy that can hold the point and uses athleticism, and he brings great length as a pass rusher. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see see what he does this year. Well, that moves us back to the middle linebackers. Of course, you've got Lucas Walker back uh, anchoring the middle. Uh, that senior leadership. He's been with the program for a while. Um, what about uh, what about his wings? How about on his either side? How's that going? Yeah, you know, I'll just comment real quick on Lucas. You know, we, I think he's really found his home. Uh, Mike Linebacker, he's uh, handling all the checks and the adjustments and, and really glad he's in there. You know, at the uh, Sam linebacker position, you know, you have DJ May, who also is our nickel. You know, and DJ's now learned to play linebacker. Last year, you know, he didn't have spring ball, and he just was a running back that got thrown in. And now he's uh, learning to be a, a linebacker. And then Will, you know, we have uh, uh, Logan Wilson there, Adam Pillipel. You know, it's suffering an injury, and so Adam's not with us, which uh, was a nice transition, bringing him from safety to Will Linebacker. So we have uh, Logan and then a young guy named Cash, and uh, Cash is a, 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 going to be a real bright 
uh, star in this uh, defense. He's just green and young right now as a true freshman. Well, now, uh, I heard uh, Coach Bowl talk about more speed, and uh, mm-hmm. that brings us to the secondary. Uh, how's that going back there for you? Well, you know, I think that's one thing is we keep uh, developing defensively. That's what we're constantly striving for. We want to speed at all positions, you know, from the front to the back. And uh, the more speed you have on the field, uh, inevitably sometimes there's going to be a hole or someone's going to miss a fit. And you got to have guys in the back end in particular that can run that down, get them down, and give us a chance to line up again. And so, you know, certainly Andrew Winger uh, is, is one of those guys, a really good tackler. And uh, nice to have both Andrew and Marcus back in safety. And then, you know, we have some new faces uh, backing them up and Jalen Ortiz and, and uh, a couple of younger players. Uh, they're true freshmen that we're trying to see if they're going to be able to uh, contribute this year. It's, it's a corner spot. You know, we have Rico there, uh, junior college transfer, and he's, he's got a lot of speed. And, uh, you know, he's still learning, but he is the guy that's going to be out on the field with, uh, you know, Antonio and uh, Robert Priester. So, all in all, comparing it to last year, uh, you think you've made some uh, good strides then? Yeah, you know, instead of us having, you know, first and second year guys, we have second and third year guys. And so they're going to be bigger and stronger and more experienced. And, you know, you just keep moving forward. And then eventually you're playing with fourth and fifth year guys that, uh, you know, understand uh, the, the scheme and understand the concepts. And that's where we are right now. we got guys that can play faster because they understand uh, they're not just trying to get lined up. And so I'm anxious to see, you know, how, how they play in the first game. Well, speaking of the first game, you've got uh, Northern Illinois uh, University, which is not exactly a powder puff uh, uh, opening season game for you guys. Uh, those guys are pretty good. You know, they got an outstanding program. You know, and they, they played in BCS uh, Bowls, and they are a quality program with a lot of fourth and fifth year seniors. And they've... Uh, uh, they got a good quarterback coming back. Uh, you know, that uh, got injured towards Achilles, but you know, he's back and he is, uh, you know, a, a very capable runner and a thrower at that position. And, um, they're well experienced on their offensive line. Their uh, running back is a big physical guy. So it's going to be a nice challenge and, uh, excited to get him here in Laramie. Well, yeah, that's, uh, we're looking forward to that. Well, coach, I want to thank you for giving us that, um, uh, overview. Um, let's see. Uh, we've got uh, the first game coming up on the third. So you've got what? Effectively one more week of practice. Am I looking at this right? Yeah, pretty much looking at about nine days. Nine days. So what? So how does your um, uh, schedule work out in those nine days? Then how do, how does it lay out until up to game day for you? Sure. Well, we'll have a couple practices tomorrow and another practice on Friday. Uh, giving us a chance to continue to work against Northern Illinois. We'll have a, a mock game on Saturday, and then uh, school starts uh, on Monday, and then we're in a normal week of uh, preparation. Okay, so looking forward to it. Well, Coach, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, hopefully we can get a chance to talk to you later in the year, uh, and uh, things are going well for you. Thanks, Jeff. Look forward to it. Have a great day. Same to you, Coach. Thank you. Well, that was uh, Coach Stannard, an uh, outstanding interview there. Uh, really uh, gave us some good uh, good information about how the defense is doing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better about the defense. Uh, it, uh, we really need it this time, especially against some team, a team like uh, Northern uh, Illinois. 
Well, I think it was a good summary by Coach Tannard for sure. I think he broke down kind of the general feeling that I've had about this defense over the last several months uh, since uh, spring ball and through fall camp is that they are getting bigger. There are younger players through bowls recruiting classes that are a better upside talent than the previous uh, coaching staff, in my opinion. And as these players evolve, you're going to see better athletes on defense, bigger frames that could put more, you know, size and weight on on those frames and be able to run better. Johanna uh, Gassane is one great example. I mean, this guy could get up to 310, 320 as a defensive tackle and still carry the weight well. So there's a lot of those type of players like Granderson in the program, Andrew Wingard, um, that are younger players that have, have bigger upside to them that over time I think they can become very big stars on this defense and find some of them are going to play, find themselves in the National Football League playing down the road. So I do believe there's been an improvement in recruiting talent since Bowl arrived. A lot of this is still going through that process right now. And um, the defense should be better. They're going to be bigger this year. They're going to be more seasoned. Uh, more mature, more experienced, so we should expect the defense to be a little better this year at least. Well, boy, we really need it because, as you know, um, Coach Bowl prefers that slow, deliberate type of offense where you try to stay on the field and wear the uh, opponent's defense down. So um, it really helps for the defense to get the, their offense off the field so we can get back out there. So Hopefully, um, hopefully we see a big improvement there. Okay, well, uh, we did also have another interview. Uh, Brian Hill, our excellent junior running back, uh, gave me uh, a few minutes, and uh, we talked about uh, his preparations for the uh, upcoming season and uh, some of his thoughts about ball camp. So why don't we listen to that? Well, go I.O. Go podcast fans. We've got a special guest with us, Brian Hill, the junior running back for the University of Wyoming, the record-breaking junior running back, Brian Hill. How you doing, Brian? Welcome to the Go I.O. Go podcast. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. You know, you're right here waning down to the last uh, days of uh, fall camp, and uh, how's the things been going for you? They've been going well, you know. We've all been staying healthy, and we're just anxious to get on the field. Now, I I read, I think, read or I saw a video. Coach Bowles said that uh, uh, you're a little frustrated because you haven't got quite the many reps that you'd like uh, in fall camp. Is that true? Um, Yeah, this is like a little spur-of-the-moment thing. Um, you know, I just, we go through practice, and practices are hard, and when we actually get to play real football, I'm definitely a little upset when I can't participate with the rest of the team. But I think uh, the point here is they're trying to uh, save you for the season. Uh, they pretty much think you're ready to go, aren't you? Uh, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. After the practice, after the live sessions are done, I come to realize it, that they're just saving me for the season. Well, I tell you what, you had a spectacular season last year, and we're hoping and looking for good things this year. Um, how are you um, looking upon this uh, year? Um, what what kind of goals do you got for this uh, for your junior year? Um, I want to 
helped my team be more successful. Since I've been here, my record is 6-18, and 18, and I definitely like to turn that around, starting with the first game. So I just want to be more focused and be more of a leader for my team so we can focus more than last year because we overlooked some people and they came back to bite us, ending up in the snowball of the season. So this year we want to focus on, you know, taking every game one step at a time, one practice at a time, and when the opponent is in front of our face, we got to execute. Now, looking back in last year, it, it, it kind of got off to a rough start, uh, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. North Dakota and, and Eastern Michigan and then losing Josh. Uh, so uh, what did you take from those experiences that you're going to help you this year? Um, Anything can happen. You got to be ready for everything. Same as my freshman year. We got down to our third string quarterback at the beginning of the second game. No one ever thinks that. Everything says that's going to happen. So, you know, we just have to be prepared for everything and pray for the best. So how are things on the team? How's the morale? Oh, the team's ready to go. We're ready to play football. We've been grinding since the winter. Uh, We've been here in the 2-10 and since the winter. We've been reminding ourselves about it. We just want to come back this year and just show that we're a different team. Well, I understand that... um uh, summer workouts were good to you. Uh, you're coming back a little bit heavier, a little bit stronger. And uh, how do you think uh, that affects your game? Um, I just feel like it's going to better prepare me for the punishment of the season. Uh, I don't feel any slower. I actually feel like I'm still 210, even though the scale says 220 something. But uh, I feel good. I'm ready to go out there and play. And I know the rest of the team is too. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, I tell you what, we'll be watching you closely, and uh, we want to wish you of having a great season. Uh, of course, we really want you to have a great season because you were a, a force last year, and I hope we get a chance to talk to you later on in the year. Thank you. I hope so, too. All righty. Well, Brian, take care, and uh, thank you for being with the Go I.O. Go podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. Okay, uh, and that was a talk with uh, Brian. Uh, he seems pretty upbeat for this season. Well, Brian Hill has just been great for the Wyoming football program ever since he broke loose against Fresno State a couple of years ago. He has a great attitude. He really brings that perfect running back with both power and speed and breakaway ability. And I think with this offense, uh, excitement about Josh Allen and his, his ability to be really a difference-maker type quarterback if he can really come come together soon and that offensive line can continue to mold, stay healthy, all of a sudden you're looking at a difference maker at running back, a difference maker at quarterback. I'm talking about two potential big difference makers, one that's already been proven as a difference maker. It will be very interesting to see how that offense, how good this offense can get this year. Um, I think there's some optimism that there could be some big, big games for Wyoming offense in 2016. Well, I tell you, they've got the weapons. I mean, they've got the experience on the uh, receiving core. Uh, they've got not only Brian Hill, but they got Sean Wick is uh, running, and I guess um, uh, Nico. Um, oh boy, his name Evans. is Evan. Nico Evans has been showing some things, so uh, looks like they're good in the running game, and uh, it it all comes down to that line holding up and uh, 
they made some moves. I guess uh, uh, Chase uh, Rogerum moved over to center, if I understand right. And uh, who did they put in his place? Do you remember? Well, Gavin Rush. Gavin uh, Rush. Again, what, another thing that's exciting me a little bit about Bowen is recruiting is that now he's had four offensive linemen that have been able to step in and play as true freshmen. They feel Gavin Rush is better than the previous three true freshmen, Ryan Cummings, Zach Wallace, and Caden Jackson have played as true freshmen. And previous 10 years, previous coaching staffs in Wyoming, I never remembered a true freshman playing on the offensive line because that's one of the toughest positions for incoming high school players to actually come in and participate compete well I think the offensive line recruitment has picked up a couple levels I really believe that and to have a, a true freshman sitting there the coaching staff appears very comfortable with bringing him in and playing him at the guard position and moving really over so I think that starting five has a chance to really be a special group it's just a matter how soon they come together and become that special offensive line well I hope soon <laughs> I guess we all hope so. Uh, we're going to change directions here. Uh, you've been, uh, of course, you've seen this on the board, and I've been reading this on the board. Seems to be a lot of, uh, well, maybe not a lot. That's probably not the right term. There is some concern among uh, some of the uh, members of the Go Y.O. Go board that um, uh, commitments are a little bit behind uh, behind the curve. And, uh We've had some kids go to North Dakota State instead of uh, committing to Wyoming. And uh, I'd like to hear your take on that because I talked to Tom about this later. Well, my take is I, I think a lot of people don't really understand how this recruiting process works. And they just look at commitment lists and they see that North Dakota State, the guy that was offered by North Dakota State, beat out Wyoming's offer. And Wyoming's offered well over 100 scholarships for 2017 class. Not all those players, just because they got the scholarship offer, well, Wyoming will take a commitment from them early in the process. So it's kind of trying to say the black and white that Wyoming lost to an FCS school in recruiting. That may not be the full truth. Because what happens is they offer over 100 scholarships, and then they break down players and position rankings, and also into tiers, Group A, Group B, Group C. So Obviously, if somebody at a Group C gets an offer from FCS school and takes that offer, Wyoming may not be really that interested in that recruit at that point in time as a high level as maybe they are with their eight group of players. So I think sometimes that can be a little misleading that you know Wyoming's losing to these schools because there's, there may be more to that story. Well, and also, wasn't the, one of those in question a Wyoming kid? Uh, going to North Dakota State instead of Wyoming, then that that makes for a lot of uh, uh, angst and uh, uh, problems from, uh, with some people. Well, I think Wyoming's uh, recruiting uh, philosophy is the the top high school players in the state that can play the FBS level uh, will get offers, and those type of players can commit early. And whether this kid, how seriously Wyoming was recruiting him, I'm assuming Wyoming was recruiting him. You know pretty seriously, fairly seriously. But I also think the broader picture of losing commits to other schools may not necessarily be the, um, you know, they may have lost a couple they wanted, but there's over 100 scholarship offers out there. There's still a lot of 
high-priority recruit prospects that are still down the line that Wyoming is working on. They're a little bit more relentless towards the recruiting harder, and that's why you just got to give this let this process play out leading into signing day 2017 before a final judgment is made. Well, I tell you what, let's just shut the door on that, okay? Well, all right, we'll move on. Uh, you know what time it is now. Uh, it's time to talk to Tom Laycock about recruiting. Tom Laycock, recruiting. Well, it's that time again for the recruiting report. We've got our recruiting guru on the line, Tom Laycock. Tom, how's it going? It's going well today. How about yourself? Oh, very good. Very good. And I understand that... Uh, Things are moving along in the recruiting front. I've been looking at the board, and there's been some discussion about some things. What have you got for us? You know, it's kind of interesting this week. Uh, we're working into game week, but but once again, we're also working into the, the time when kids can start to take official visits. Uh, that's exciting for a number of reasons. Um, you know, once again, some of the guys uh, who come in, you know, maybe not don't have the cash to go across country on their own dime on the, uh, for the unofficial visits. So once again, the schools can pay for it. Once again, the schools can show what, what game day is like. You know, they can, they can get in the locker room. They can get on the field. Uh, it, it really is sort of taking it to another level. You know, it's great to watch practice, but, uh, you know, this is, this is really kind of, kind of when recruiting really gets, uh, really gets going in season. Well, I, uh, I was looking on the board and it looked like there was a couple of Minnesota guys that, uh, have come up on the net. Uh, this um, uh, Malik Lofton is one of them, uh, and the other guy was yeah. Nico Bolden. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know it's kind of interesting. Um, Lofton actually, we talked to him yesterday, and it sounds like he may be one of, of up to three guys from Hopkins that come out uh, next week for front officials. Um, he wasn't quite sure on uh, a couple of his, a couple of his buddies, but. Uh, uh, you know, you may see Lofton come out. Uh, Malik Lofton thinks he's, he's pretty sure he's coming out, uh, which is great. Once again, you've got uh, Hopkins High School, Minnetonka, Minnesota, uh, 447 time in the 40 yard dash. Uh, he's coming on September 2nd, so he's pretty excited about that. Uh, offer list is about what you expect right now up in that region, um, in terms of, you've got Wyoming, Northern Iowa, South Dakota State, South Dakota. Um, when you look at the film on this guy, playmaker written all over, also played uh, some offense last year. Uh, I, I want to say seven touchdowns uh, defensively, forty some tackles, uh, six interceptions as a quarterback, uh, terrific numbers. And when, like I said, when you watch the film, he does some really good things. Um, Malik is kind of one of those guys. I've, I've kind of tried to, to mention this in the last few weeks, but. I don't. I haven't decided whether Wyoming is better identifying prospects or they're better getting their message out, because the kids that I'm calling this year know more about Wyoming than they have in the past. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, so it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. I'm not sure entirely where it comes from uh, or what they're doing differently, but but the young men when I call, it's it's a good sign. If you call someone, you say, who's your recruiting contact at the University of Wyoming? And they have a name. You know, that hasn't always been the case. It's, it's been, you know, in, in the past, there have been some days where you're kind of going through the list of all the coaches that you can think of off the top of your head. Something, oh, yeah, 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 that guy. 
that's not that doesn't seem to be the case this year. Um, you know, and, and Lofton was a great example of that. He immediately remembered it was vegan. Um, and, and said, you know, he's he's a great coach, but he, I think he's a better guy. So the relationship building seems to be pretty strong. So it'll be interesting to uh, to contact him once he gets back uh, from Minnesota. Uh, he has a teammate, Boy Mace, who it sounds like is is coming, or at least is seriously considering it. Uh, Mace is a weak side defensive end, six four, two and a quarter. Once again, out of Hopkins High in Minnetonka. Uh, the offer list, once again, very similar, UNI, North Dakota, South Dakota State, Wyoming. Uh, nice size, nice get-off, and, and we'll see where that goes. So it was, it was good to talk to them. Uh, we also spoke earlier in the week uh, to a California three-star, uh, an outside linebacker by the name of Ryan, and I'm going to butcher this, and I'm really sorry, uh, Gataloli, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, six one two ten. From uh, Intercom High School in uh, Sacramento, uh, a very impressive offer list: Nebraska, Wyoming, UNC, uh, North Dakota State, Nevada, New Mexico. And uh, you know, it sounds like you know. Once again, he's a guy that when you mention what is it that you like about Wyoming, he goes immediately to the coaches. In his instance, he talked to Gordy. You know, talked about Gordy Howard, the recruiting coordinator. Talked about the fact that Wyoming is, is doing for him anyway. It's doing a very good job of consistent contacts. Uh, so that's fantastic to hear. So uh, he said he's working on getting his visits worked out. Uh, Wyoming, North Dakota State are the two that he uh, seems to like more than the others at this point. Uh, the other young man that we talked to this week is uh, Nico Bolden. And he's another Minnesota guy, right? Yep, once again, we're in Minnesota. Woodbury, Minnesota. Three-star safety. The interesting thing about the, if you look at him, you see free safety and you see the size. Six for a buck ninety-five. And uh, Rivals has him as a three-star. We were able to talk uh, by a text yesterday, so you kind of lose a little bit of the communication back and forth. But uh, it, once again, an offer list of Eastern Michigan, Wyoming, Washington State, Illinois State, South Dakota State, Syracuse, Vanderbilt, Buffalo, Coastal Carolina, New Mexico. Uh, and, you know, it's one of these things where, once again, he says they talk to me a lot, and I like that. They show me love, and I like that. So... I don't know whether Wyoming's just getting a little bit dialed in or just what's going on, but, uh, you know, like I said, the, the young men, although we haven't necessarily seen the, uh, a, a lot of commitments at this point, the guys seem to know more about the school. They seem to have more of a an affinity for the individual coaches. So, uh, you know, the folks, I think, are doing something right. Well, you know— And once again, Bolden said he's likely to visit Wyoming, too. Oh, good, good. Uh, you'd, you'd remind me, you talked about the commitment thing, and I've been watching the board, and there's been some frustration expressed about, you know, uh, level of commitments, number of commitments, guys going to North Dakota State or whatever. Uh, I think, uh, is that a little overblown, or do you think that uh, it's just a frustration of, of having to wait until we get to February and find out exactly who is going to sign? You know, I have a feeling it's a little bit, in terms of pure numbers, I think it's a little bit behind what it usually is, but not far. Now, the flip side of that is, uh, especially in the Christensen era, in the in the week leading up to signing day, you would see it felt like, and maybe it just felt like because I was always tracking someone else, another commitment down, but it would feel like half of the commitments for that season came at the end of the year when maybe guys decided that Wyoming was the best option. 
I have a feeling you're going to see something a little bit in between that this year. And I, I, uh, I know this uh, coaching staff puts a premium on getting kids on campus for the visit to make sure that they're going to fit in with this program so they know what they're getting into. And so the coaches know what they're getting into with the young man. Um, so I have a feeling once we start getting into visits, you're going to, you're going to see some action fall. Like I said, these kids know so much more about what's going on at the University of Wyoming and so much more about the personalities of the coaches that uh, I have a feeling that in a lot of cases they're just kind of waiting for that visit to make it happen and make it official. I don't think you're going to see it last linger as long as it has in the past. <laughs> well, you know, um, you just reminded me of something that I read about Bob Devaney, you know, the the Nebraska coach that used to be at Wyoming. And in his book, he talked about, you know, when he was in Laramie, uh, in the time the guys were coming in to uh, come to school, a lot of, you know, they didn't have school visits and stuff. He would station a guy at the train station and a coach at the bus station to make sure that they didn't leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> got uh, any other sports that uh, you've been tracking? Uh, any other um, information on that front? You know, I've got a few calls out on the basketball side once again. Um, it's about that time for uh, official visits on the on the basketball side, too. All right. So maybe so, next uh, week uh, we'll hear a little something, hopefully. Yeah, so hopefully we'll know something here in the next uh, here in the next week or so. I'll be able to, to get you some specifics. But, uh, yeah, I'll start looking for some basketball officials. Um, you know, it's a great time to get them on campus. And once again, you know, the, that – the basketball team in the past has had a lot of luck in, that, in those first couple of weeks getting young men on campus with both the weather, uh, an excited crowd on hand, and, and you know just the opportunity to show off the university when people are in school. So there's you know a very realistic picture of what they're getting into should they come to Laramie. That's great. That's fantastic. Hey Tom, we really enjoy these reports. I know I've gotten some good feedback uh, from our. Um two previous podcasts. This is podcast number three, so we're cooking right along. So uh, we'll look forward to having you back next week, and uh, we really appreciate everything you're doing for us. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Tom. Talk to you later. Well, that was Tom, that was Tom Laycock, uh, a very comprehensive report on recruiting. And, uh, boy, I just always feel so much better after talking with him. You know that? Yeah, it's a process involved. I, again, I mentioned people get, jump the gun a little bit, get a little hasty, uh, patient. But this process is a little bit different. I also think uh, talking with Tom off the record, you know, or off the tape, I should say, that, you know, Wyoming's kind of in a mix for, you know, some, some guys that have offers from other schools. So it's going to take some time for, for that process to play out instead of just taking commitments out of the gate from guys that uh, aren't, aren't highly recruited. So um, I just general feeling is I do think recruiting's uh, on the right direction. Well, that's good. That's good. And that, that, uh, that pleases me greatly. And I'm sure that a lot of people out there will be very pleased by that too. Uh, speaking of being pleased, um, I had a very pleasant conversation this afternoon with a gentleman by the name of Jim Arnest. He's a Wyoming Cowboy fan down there in Colorado, and he's one of the co-founders of this thing called Cowboys in Colorado, and uh, it's a pretty neat thing that's been going on, and uh, rather than uh, uh, talk about it here, why don't we listen to my little conversation with uh, Jim? Well, we've got a uh, an actual live 
member of the Go I.O. Go board, Jim Anest, is on with us. And Jim, you're uh, one of the primary organizers of the Cowboys in Colorado, is that right? That's right, Jeff. Uh, we started this, we're going into our fourth year now, and I do it, uh, we do it four times a year along with Mike Fitzgerald, who's on the board of directors um, for the Cowboy Joe Club. But we're not associated with the Cowboy Joe Club, but I do it with Mike, and we're going into our fourth year. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good uh, uh, thing, uh, real successful. I see a lot of people go down to it. Uh, uh, generally, how many people show up for your meetings? Well, it's kind of funny. When Mike and I first started it, we thought, you know, maybe five or six of us could just show up and have breakfast and just kind of shoot the breeze. And so we announced it, and the first breakfast we had probably close to 15 to 20, and now it's grown to last time we were probably about 55. Wow, 55. That's that's amazing. It shows you there's a lot of cowboy support down there in Colorado. Well, there definitely is. Uh, you know, if, if I had a little more time and we could set one up in Denver, we probably could duplicate the same effort because most of the people that come up there to the one at Johnson's Corner, is uh, they're from northern Colorado. Now, Johnson Corner, if I remember correctly, and I, I was raised in Cheyenne, that's a kind of a gas station on the road between Cheyenne and Denver. Uh, exactly where is it located? Well, Jeff, it's on exit 254, and it's called the Campion exit, but generally it's in the Loveland area of, uh, of uh, Colorado, and I'd like to say we're in the shadows of uh, Fort Collins, so they definitely know we're there. <laughs> well, yeah, we can't, uh, we can't let them forget about that. Now, you've got, a, uh, you've got one of your quarterly meetings coming up here soon, don't you? Yep, that's on Saturday. Uh, just uh, that'll be tomorrow, August twenty seventh, at eight o'clock, and we do it at Johnson's Corner, just so that way everybody knows where it's always going to be at the same place. And Mike and I kind of liked it because it has that Wyoming feel. You know, it's a it's a truck stop. They have great cinnamon rolls and they have great type of Wyoming cooking there, and it just makes us all feel kind of at home, even though we're in Colorado. Well, that's fantastic. I, I, I'm out here in Virginia, so uh, uh, I won't be able to make it. And one of these days I will. Uh, hopefully I can get my, my travel schedule arranged uh, so I can line up with one of your meetings because I'd sure love to see it. And, oh, thanks for the T-shirt. Uh, that looks really good on me. I wish you could see it through the through the podcast here. But, uh, well, good. good. <laughs> I, on uh, Saturday, whoever's new, we always uh, – usually have a t-shirt giveaway for uh, people that show up for the first time and we have those t-shirts available and you know I've even had people uh, when we leave Johnson's Corner you can't believe how many Wyoming people we run into and they say oh we'd love to have a shirt like that and several times I've had an extra one where I've just given it away and they're free and you know we just do it as kind of a thing to promote cowboy football in Colorado because, you know, the way we look at it is uh, Colorado area is a big support area for the University of Wyoming and cowboy football. Uh, I know over the years that one of the largest components of the Cowboy Joe Club are members from the state of Colorado because we're so nearby. 
Well, you know, that is great. And uh, yes, it's true. Uh, uh, I, I contend uh, we wouldn't have a football team if it wasn't for the state of Colorado because we get so many players out of there. So, yeah, I, I, I see that. Yeah, I like to think they're from Colorado, but they all have ties to Wyoming in some way, you know. And so, uh, but it's definitely the case. I know, you know, I live in Parker, Colorado, and just last year we had three of the basketball players that were from Parker, Colorado. So it's, you know, it's, it's a great connection that we have to Laramie. It's close by. And, you know, it's a huge population base down here. And so, you know, Mike and I thought it would be just good for the, the coaches and if it helps them a little bit in recruiting for them to know that, you know, there's such a presence of Cowboy supporters in Colorado that the family would know that, hey, you know, if they want to be involved in Cowboy football or Cowboy basketball, they can just attend these meetings right in their own home state. Well, that's great. Now you're um you also uh, uh have guest speakers and I guess you have one coming up, don't you? We do, and we're real fortunate this week to have uh Kevin McKenney, the uh assistant athletic director, and we probably all know him better as the you know, the color person for the voice of the Cowboys along with Dave Walsh. So he's gonna be there on um on um Saturday and uh the last time we had a real surprise guest. We had uh and we thought that he might show up, but we weren't for sure. It was Conrad Dobler. Oh, cool. In our last uh, Cowboys in Colorado breakfast. That's nice. So that's he good. Was to... very, he was very gracious, Jeff, as far as autographs and, and speaking. And, and obviously we had the big Cowboy there. Tracy Ringlesby was our guest speaker at the last breakfast. Oh, yes. Tracy, he's, he's a good man. I know him well. Well, Fantastic. Um, well, Jim, thanks a lot for the information, and I'm going to encourage everybody who's in Colorado, within that range, that if you can get over there to uh, Johnson's Corner on Saturday, uh, uh, be sure to make it. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, we're on Facebook, uh, Cowboys in Colorado, and that's our website, uh, www.cowboysincolorado.com, and so... Uh, just show up, uh, have breakfast, and it's a great group. It's a good way for you when you go to games just to know more of your Cowboy fans. So it's a, it's a great event. I always look forward to it, and it's growing uh, every meeting. And Jeff, thanks so much for letting us have a few moments with you. Oh, that is it's perfect. I mean, uh, this is what this podcast is all about, is to promote uh, Wyoming sports any way we can, and you guys are certainly involved in that, and I'm happy to do it. So... Thanks for um, stopping by, and uh, uh, let us keep us informed on other events that you've got going. I'll do that, Jeff, and uh, thanks again. I also you know, don't want to forget to mention, once again, Mike Fitzgerald. He's done just a great job as far as lining up speakers and uh, being one of the co-hosts uh, for the breakfast. Well, good, good. That's fantastic. All right, well, thanks a lot, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. That was Jim Arnest, another great cowboy fan. And you know, you know, I and I, I really, I really am amazed at the dedication that we have among our fans. Uh, for him to organize that for people down in Colorado, um, that's really something. Have you have you had a chance to come to any of those meetings? I have not made any of those meetings with schedule situation with work, but I'm I'm very proud of Jim. 
in that group. I remember when he started off, as I mentioned, he was just getting the thing off the ground and to have it grow. Yeah, you'd be amazed by the Jackson Hole and how many fans uh, turn out at Jackson's Hole. Uh, it would actually dominate the bar with Wyoming fans. And we have a great fan base in Colorado. Like I said, I'm part, proud of Jim and his group are really expanding that out. And I've been able to attend a few of the viewing parties. And there's nothing like it. That's what really inspires, uh, you know, when things are tough and we're not winning, to see, you know, those fans out there that have so much pride and to put put uh, those nucleuses together and those organizations together and just seeing the fans get together. And, well, I just can't wait till we start winning on, on some major levels because I think it's just going to take this to the next level or two. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. That's, uh, that's been my dream for a while, too. And uh, it just seems like we're getting closer and closer all the time. So, uh, Ian, i got to tell you, we've been at this now for 51 minutes, which is our longest podcast so far. So, I guess it's about time to put her to bed here in just a minute. Ah, there you go. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Just as a note for next week, we're going to be having fall camp, and we'll be looking at that. We'll be getting some of the uh, uh, stream from the uh, uh, post-Monday morning uh, press conference with Coach Bowl, and of course, we'll have some more interviews, and uh, also a little programming note for those of you who live out in the East Coast, um, the uh, we're going to have a watch party for the Nebraska game on, uh, I think it's September 10th, we're going to be at Crystal City Sports Pub, so I wanted to put that plug in there in case anybody from uh, out here on the right coast is... Uh, Uh, available to come out and watch the Cowboys take on the Huskers. So, I tell you what, why don't we start taking this thing out the traditional way. So there you have it. The Go I.O. Go podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm your host, Jeff Fry, along with Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I.O. Go. Please join us next week when we'll have another edition of the Go I.O. Go podcast. Go Podcast is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media. All rights reserved. <laughs>